Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome everyone to the Future Tech Podcast. My name is Josh Thomas and I'm here with Rogaya Tabrizi from Scenario.com. Hello, Rogaya. Hi, Josh. And so as I understand it, Scenario, uh, as as it's labeled here on the website, is the future of content creation, publishing, and distribution. And uh, I know you have a, a real uh, deep dive technical explanation of this, but just kind of on the highest level, could you describe what this platform actually does? Uh, sure. So Scenario is developing tools which allows content creators to easily monetize original works without them having to rely on the channels that are basically mostly advertising channels. Um, and uh, it also allows them to grant their followers the opportunity to be rewarded as the word gets out. Okay, uh, that makes sense. And so you're you're building a, a token economy around uh, content creation. And uh, so uh, g- give me a typical example here. Like, uh, for instance, we uh, we produce the Future Tech podcast. Uh, how how would we use Scenario to uh, monetize our podcast, for instance, if, if if that's something that we wanted to do? Sure, that's actually a pretty good example. I can work with that. So, you know, here it is. As I um, mentioned earlier, see, the idea is to make sure that the benefits uh, from content creation, the monetary benefits in particular, actually goes to uh, the pockets of content creators as well as content curators. So let's say, you know, here you have, you're producing a brilliant podcast and you'll want to distribute that. So you have several different channels to do so. You can use social media, you have your own advertisement channels and uh, maybe some more official um, channels as well in terms of your marketing. Well, when you're using different social media channels, what ends up happening is that you post your podcast online on Facebook or different platforms. And uh, some people may or may not hear about it, you know, depending on the algorithms that each one of these platforms are providing. But at the end of the day, uh, you as a content creator, you're not really going to see any monetary benefit. If anything, you're going to spend money to get uh, your um, your podcast and your uh, content to broader uh, people, right? Uh, but what scenario enables people, for example, through um, Wild, Wild Spark, is that not only you can uh, 
post your content on these different social media. But let's say, you know, here I am, somebody who uh, is really professional at finding good quality content. I come across your podcast and I'm like, this is really interesting. I want to actually make sure that it reaches out to a broader group of people. So I can actually go ahead and put some uh, cryptocurrency, some amps behind this content and send it off. So in this way, you're not only widening the, um, the natural boundaries of how these different content are distributed in social networks, but also part of that money will directly go back to the content creator, which is you. And as more and more people are exposed to this content and as they decide that, okay, yes, it is a high quality content, it is really worth supporting, then they can come and uh, put their amps behind it. And again, that way more of the money goes to the previous content curators as well as the content creator. And that's how uh, it actually allows for a much more free and much more fair uh, monetization and information flow. So uh, let me ask you this, and uh, you know, I've, uh... I've uh, we've interviewed several uh companies on this podcast that have a model similar to this and uh you've given a very clear example um and one of the easiest to understand that I've heard in a while uh but but let me just ask you if if I'm a consumer uh, yeah. and uh I'm consuming this podcast as as our example uh what is my motivation to uh spend money to uh you know share this or promote it you know if it's it's a cryptocurrency it's a token it has some kind of some kind of value associated with it what's my motivation to uh to send that off to send these amps mhm it's a very good question and a hard question at that See, I'm an economist and I have studied game theory, right? And these are the kind of questions that here you are basically trying to encourage people to support a public good, information, and at that, a high quality piece of information, right? So one part of it, it could be simply the fact that you are an altruistic person and you really, I mean, already we are spending so much time on social media and we are trying to figure out, okay, you know, do I like this? Do I not like this? And, you know, you should I send this to the uh, rest of my friendship groups or not? So those are decisions that we are already making on an everyday basis, actually. But now here's a, a, an added layer to it. If you actually end up, so let's say you're not a content creator, but you actually end up identifying a pretty high quality product or high quality content, and you end up thinking that, okay, you know, I think if I actually support this content creator and spread this content, there's going to be more people coming and um, enjoying the benefits of this and potentially even wanting to distribute it Further. And as that happens, there is going to be some um, monetary support, some monetary benefit that comes to you. So it really has two layers to it. One is your intrinsic well, preference in order to contribute, in order to contribute to this public good, and in order to spread it. And then through that, maybe you gain some um, some prestige or some status or some, you know, you get some as you create a community around yourself. So those are uh, almost like the non-monetary benefits that individuals would get by uh, participating in these sort of platforms. But also there is an additional layer that is um, an actual monetary, potential monetary benefit to you as this content uh, spreads and goes beyond your own immediate community. So there can be more and more money, although it can be smaller, but some money is going to come to you and some money is going to go back to the creator. So there is a support system that you're almost paying it forward. 
Okay, so if I understand correctly, uh, aside from altruism, uh, there is a possibility that if I if I share the Future Tech podcast and and it starts to kind of pick up some momentum and other people are sharing it and consuming it, then you know if if they're sharing it too, I I get some some piece of of that uh, currency that they're spending. Is that how it works? That's right. That's exactly how it works. So you know, as more people come and join this chain of uh, communication and sparing the content, some of that money is going to come back to you. Some of it is going to go always back to the creator. So you're part of this bigger chain. Okay, understood. And so, uh, how long has Scenario been around, and um, and and what stage of development are you at? Uh, so the company has been around uh, for a few years right now. I think 2014 was when it originally started. But of course, it has gone through so many different iterations. And uh, in order to just really clarify what is the value offering and what is going on. So since last year that we had the um, uh, the, uh, the coin offering, um, we have been working toward this uh, roadmap that is actually on our website. And uh, so we have actually been very on time developing and um, uh, offering basically each one of these phases when they're completed. So at this point, we're getting close uh, to our February 13th deadline, uh, which as it is mentioned in, um, in the website and in the blogs, it's going to be... Um, uh, scenario is going to go while the stream. There's a whole bunch of updates uh, that is going to happen, uh, and it's going to be a full web app at that point. There's going to be different, um, uh, I guess, uh, different characteristics and features and everything that is going to be added to it, such as threaded comments and support for various content uh, platforms, uh, the amplification of content and getting the, con uh, the amps back. Uh, maybe even some sort of exchange within crypto and fiat currencies, creating personal profiles, etc. So the list goes on and on. Uh, we're pretty excited about how everything is moving forward and uh, the kind of momentum that we're getting. Okay, and uh, so so tell us a little bit about your your following right now. Um, do you do you have a group of excited followers who are uh, you know waiting for this launch to happen? And uh, tell us some of the comments that you're receiving from them. Oh, for sure. Um, so I guess since um, the previous I'm trying to think when exactly it was because there, there has been so many different improvements. So uh, I think at the end of June, uh, we went live with the beta, beta version. And uh, since then, we've had uh, thousands of followers and thousands of people who have actually joined the website and are um and are basically using the platform as it is, giving us feedback constantly. We have pretty active Slack, uh, and I think actually we're moving toward this, clo uh, this court right now. So we have a very active community that has been kind enough to communicate with us. What are the things that they're seeing? What are the things that they want? What are the things that are not working? Um, so in that sense, uh, yes. And I know that uh, Dor and, and the, uh, the CEO and our uh, the other co-founder, they are working actively to actually talk with a whole bunch of um, different people who are supporting content creation so that they uh, bring their content creation uh, users, content creators, I guess I should say, um, to the platform in order to use. So I know that uh, there's a lot of excitement and um, yeah, so we're excited about what's happening in the future. Okay, excellent. And so uh, there are uh, quite a few players in this space uh, as far as um, monetizing uh, alternative monetization of content creation and curation. Uh, 
Um, what would you say uh, scenario does that that stands apart uh, and above the the rest of the competition in the field? Sure. So I guess you know so far based on uh, a lot of things that I have seen, there's a lot of focus on either tipping uh, platforms, so using cryptocurrency in order to tip. Um, which is again goes back to the problems that exist with the you know public good and basically voluntary provision of public good, um, and uh, and also when it comes to actually creating communities and just, you know all these different functionalities um, that exist. So I think you know one of the things the scenario is really um, transforming is that it's not just about tipping. You know, it's not that you come and tip and you don't see any benefits yourself. So the, the whole thing around participation and the, the economic model that we have created is that the more you participate, the more you yourself are also going to earn this monetary benefit. So in that sense, it is it is an ongoing game. It's not just this one-off thing that you come and do and you don't rely on tit-for-tat strategies. Let's say that, you know, I come and tip you, so you better come and tip me in future. So it's actually about this chain that, you know, as you pay it forward, other people are going to come and support you. So that creates a bigger sense of community. And as... Um, as we move toward more decentralized system, it's even going to be that much more uh, pronounced, you know, the fact that when you become somebody who is known in your community for identifying high quality concept, now you have reputation in place. So that how is that going to play into uh, you and how much you're going to gain monetary benefits from this? So there are nuances in the way we have designed this game that is just different from a lot of different platforms. Okay. Understood. And uh, is there a is there a precedent for the the tipping economy, as you're calling it here? Uh, is there is there some example of that already operating uh, that maybe we wouldn't be aware of? Uh, because the, the typical uh, and, and let me just kind of clarify this, because the the typical way that, uh, you know, content creation is monetized now is uh, through advertisements. Uh, and you can, like, for instance, if you put a video on YouTube and it gets enough attention, then YouTube starts showing ads and they share the, they split the revenue with you. Um, and then there's some other ways that you can monetize. But have you seen a precedent uh, that already exists right now where this tipping economy is in place? Sure. I mean, uh, you've probably heard of uh, the platform called Patreon, right? Um, that people post uh, music and other people come and tip it, they download it. So that definitely is a rather successful example of how this tipping economy works. And I mean, here in North America, um, you know, we go to restaurants and we tip all of that. So that's that's completely accepted. But even when you move to different countries, like in China and Japan, like it's very expected, almost expected. It's not just something that, uh, that you may like to do or not. So I think uh, when, you know, for me, when I think about designing different economic models or, you know, these different products that are showing up, it always about we are, we are talking about this online world. But really, the online world always uh, kind of mirrors the way we live our lives in the offline world, right? So I think when it comes to tipping, people are not only used to seeing how it works, but it actually is quite uh, predominant and frequent in our everyday life. So how is that going to translate to uh, online world? Um, 
the challenge in that is uh, competing with what is already existing and our perception of what is free and what is not free. Uh, see, the problem, to me at least, one part of the problem is that right now we use Facebook, we use YouTube, we use all of these other um, platforms, and we, we believe that it is for free, whereas it really isn't. You know, we are actually being the product, right? So, and uh, and even in the example that you gave with with YouTube, here it is. You're producing all the content. You're going through all the hard work, and maybe if you're lucky, if you get enough um, attention that YouTube finds you valuable enough, then they're going to split some of their revenue with you. So that's the that's the problem that exists right now. We are so used to that perception that things are free. Why should I pay for it? Whereas it isn't really free. And it's about just really turning that around and saying that, hey, you're consuming this, this content. Why would you not pay for it? You know, whereas everywhere else, you're actually paying for it. And in so many other ways, you're paying for it. Your information is being sold. The privacy is not quite there in a way that you think it is there. Uh, so there is a whole bunch of different components that needs to come in place to actually help change people's perception. And then that would help um, to actually create online versions of what we are already doing offline. Very good. And uh, so what do you see as the the future of content creation? I mean, obviously, you're, uh, you're leaning heavily towards this tipping economy is is going to be a big part of it. But let's say we fast forward uh, five years down the road. What does the landscape look like in your vision? Um, that's a really good question. You know, when I think about blockchain in general, and if I want to take a step back even, um, you know, like uh, the, the best way that blockchain was ever explained to me just quite a few years ago was, um, I, it, this is a long way of answering your question, but I'm just going to go with this example because I find it really fascinating. You know, one of my friends was telling me, imagine you're at a party and it's your best friend's wedding, so it's your turn to go give a toast. And you say something that you're not really proud of. The next morning you wake up and you think, oh, I can't believe I said something like that. And uh, so there's only two ways to change that, right? You build a time machine, go back in time, not say what you said, or go and make everybody forget what you just said, which is as unlikely. So now, you know, just taking this, um, this really almost, not really revolutionary idea, but it sounds revolutionary. It's something that we have been dealing with, you know, this whole concept of like when something is done, we rely heavily on reputation. We rely heavily on, you know, trusted sources. And now when it comes to content, you know, you look at Facebook, you look at Twitter, you look at all the stuff that is going on around fake news. So for me, it's not just about the tipping economy. It's actually about moving toward a system that is that much more transparent and that much more, um, it's going to enable us that much more to move toward like real sources of trust and real sources of truth in a way, right? And how is that going to help us earn income and um, expand our, our communication, all of that, that's, that's just, that's part of this much bigger movement that has been happening. That's a great example. And I, I hadn't had the blockchain explained to me in such simple terms, but it makes sense. Basically, if you, if you said it, there were at least four or five cameras rolling that caught it. And there were a hundred people there that heard you say it, and uh, you know, you, it's that is immutable. <laughs> so exactly, you know, yeah, you're gonna you know, on the Christmas cards for the rest of your life, you know. 
That is exactly it. And because, you know, you can't, that's the same thing that happens exactly with blockchain. You know, like the idea behind blockchain is really as old as humanity. The fact that, you know, when something happens, it happens. And it's not about having several different copies of it. It's the, when you say something and a hundred people hear that, it's the first-hand version of it. And that's why it is so powerful, right? That's why you can't just go and pretend that it didn't happen or, oh, no, so-and-so heard me by mistake. No, it's 100 people heard you first time or first-hand. So that paints kind of an ominous picture of the blockchain. You know, it's always listening. <laughs> but yeah. but there are lots of good applications for that as well. So uh, Rogaya Tabrizi, uh, thank you very much for joining us and uh, for for those of you who are interested, you can visit Scenario.com, S-Y-N-E-R-E-O.com. Any final thoughts for our audience before we go? I'm, I'm really excited about you know everything that's happening. The last couple of weeks, we've been seeing so much news around Bitcoin and so many, you know, this idea that at one point, you know, when you would talk about somebody at a party, you would be saying blockchain and they would be like, blockchain, what? Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, I've heard of Bitcoin. And now it has become this thing that is in everyday life. Like we sit at a coffee shop, we hear people talking about it. And to me, it's extremely exciting to see what is possible and not just uh, on the cryptocurrency side of it, but also on the technology and on the computing power side of things. The, the applications are unlimited. You know, anytime that we are thinking about trusted sources, um, you know, blockchain can come in handy. Anytime that we are thinking about creating some, some um, system that is more autonomized and decentralized, here we have. So I'm, I'm very excited about what the future is going to bring us. Very good. Thanks very much for joining us. Once again, this is Rogaya Tabrizi from Scenario.com. And to all of you out there, thank you for joining us here on the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you so much, Josh, for having me. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 